0: you're listening listening to hold that thought
1: from arts and sciences at washington university in st louis thanks for listening to hold that thought today to continue our series on cities we have the opportunity to hear from architectural historian michael allen
0: So I'm Michael Allen. I'm the director of the Preservation Research Office.
1: He also guest lectures at several universities, including here at Washington University in St. Louis, on issues related to historic preservation. For today's podcast, he'll discuss the challenges faced by city neighborhoods, such as the Old North neighborhood here in St. Louis, where widespread demolition and depopulation have led to streetscapes that don't exactly fit the typical American image of urban life.
0: For four years, I was a resident of the neighborhood of Old North St. Louis. And it's good to remember that about 60% of its uh, built environment was uh, demolished between 1950 and 2000. Half of the buildings that were there in 1950, when the city reached its peak population, are gone. And a lot more than half of the people are also gone.
1: To understand part of what makes neighborhoods like Old North such a challenge to revitalize, First, we need to learn a little bit about the history of historic preservation as a practice.
0: The practice of historic preservation in America started out being uh, really rooted in this art historical concern for the the landmark, the monument, places that were either singular works of architecture with great importance, designed by major designers, or embodying architectural styles or movements.
1: These landmarks or monuments also are sometimes associated with a historic figure. Perhaps you've seen a George Washington Slept Here plaque or something similar placed on a historic building. Often these types of buildings are placed on the National Register of Historic Places, which came out of the 1966 National Historic Preservation Act. A bit later on, by the late 60s and 70s, historic preservation had also become something of a neighborhood movement. Residents fought to save groups of historic buildings rather than just landmarks. So here we have two approaches to historic preservation. Save the landmark or save the neighborhood. The problem is neither really applies to a place like Old North.
0: Places like Old North where I lived, there might be blocks where there are three or four buildings left. And it's hard to say which mode of preservation thinking even applies if either because these are not necessarily high-style buildings. We're mostly talking about vernacular buildings, some of them greatly altered, very few of them probably individually worthy of any sort of official landmark designation, but collectively not forming anything resembling a historic neighborhood.
1: So the question remains, what should be done with the buildings that still stand?
0: Are they important? Should we fight to keep them? Well, in places like Old North, the neighborhoods have rallied around these landmarks as sort of the last morsels of their sense of place. Seeing the loss of these buildings as sort of the the death of the neighborhood itself, that the place itself would just cease to exist. And so there's been fierce interest in preserving them.
1: But despite this local interest in preserving the buildings that remain, there's no real consensus among professionals about what's best for the neighborhood in the long term.
0: It's really hard to figure out what to do. And, you know, you turn to preservation practice and there's really very little research. There's really right now only a sort of minor interaction with this growing sort of managed decline philosophy. Urban planners are now looking at neighborhoods where the built environment has mostly been lost or where the population is mostly gone. And seeing them as places maybe where cities should pursue aggressive demolition and land banking policies where these are held out for future growth, but they're not, no longer maintained as neighborhoods in the traditional sense.
1: This approach might be completely rational from an urban planning point of view, but it leaves out an important human element. Remember, in the case of Old North, neighborhood residents are willing to fight for the buildings, whether or not it makes sense. There's also the issue that once a building is gone, any chance for residents to return to that building also disappears.
0: keep a building standing, maybe it's vacant. But if someone rehabs it, there's at least one person, one family in there. So there's multiple dwelling. You know, there's six units. That's six chances for new families to come to the neighborhood versus a giant vacant lot that repels people. And these are circumstances that probably uh, were not so evident when demolition efforts started in the 60s. In the 60s, people in a place like Old North probably We're pretty happy to see vacant buildings get torn down. Maybe they got a little side yard or there was a chance to dream about a new building going up. Toward the 80s is when Old North community really galvanized and a couple years later the Ville community galvanized because so much had been lost by then that it was starting to look like uh, there was a giant eraser being spread across the north side. But it wasn't one that was just wiping in one clear path. It was one that would wipe out a little here and then come back next year, take out some more, it's really shaking the etch-a-sketch. just all just going to dissolve, right? Um, and then you see this pushback, this sort of like, hey, these buildings represent more than just architecture, more than just history. They represent our chance to bring people back in and repopulate, or at least keep these populations stable.
1: This sort of reaction from the residents of Old North, according to Allen, is really an emotional sort of attachment. And their reaction to the giant eraser of demolition, to fight back, has had somewhat promising results. According to the 2010 census, Old North experienced a population increase of about 25%. But even with this growth, there's a larger issue at play. Like many neighborhoods, any rebuilding or revitalization efforts will take many years. And in the meantime, Old North simply doesn't look like a city neighborhood, or at least what most Americans think a city neighborhood should look like.
0: Our projection of what an urban streetscape in a residential neighborhood looks like probably will include townhouses or at the very least very closely spaced buildings. We think of isolated vernacular buildings as something, something rural, farmsteads across America. But those are very idyllic landmarks because they are in their intended condition. They're supposed to have a picket fence and lots of land around them. That's how we know they're farmhouses. When we go to St. Louis Place or Old North and we see a townhouse that's been severed from its block and it's sitting there and it's on the sidewalk line but it's surrounded by not uh, golden fields of wheat but overgrown fields of grass and dumped tires. The American psyche just doesn't know how to classify that sort of a landscape. It's not one that uh, a city would be very proud to have. But the reality is, and this this is something like I've struggled with my own work, the reality is a lot of North St. Louis, a lot of Camden, New Jersey, a lot of Detroit, Michigan, uh, has looked like that for the better part of the last half century.
1: So when confronting these neighborhoods that seem to be in a sort of in-between state, it's important to remember that the situation isn't entirely new. The history of many areas, including North St. Louis, includes times when the future was unknown or uncertain.
0: That sort of liminal state is not something that needs to necessarily be met with fear, because when these neighborhoods were being developed in the 19th century, their developers really didn't know that sort of thing either. You know, a lot of these subdivisions did not develop overnight. A lot of these houses on blocks in the north side were built in 30-year spans, where for the first 15 years of a block's life, maybe there were only four or five buildings on it.
1: So according to Allen, what's really needed, really as much as changes in policy and historic preservation practice, is a psychological shift. Successful reinvention of neighborhoods like Old North mean coming to terms with what the neighborhood is instead of what it used to be.
0: If the narrative remains one of loss, it's going to be really hard to be happy about these places to see potential. I think we need to refocus that narrative as growth. What is the desired growth of these places? Do we build out from those isolated buildings or do we tear them down and build new buildings or plant you know, urban farms there? But to look back at something that's lost perpetually, that's really an impediment to unleashing the future potential of these places.
1: This sort of attitude adjustment isn't easy. And it's hard to pin down how to bring it about or apply it to professional practice. But the conversation is an important one.
0: I think the, the psychology of older cities is in need of an overhaul. And it's really sort of as much of a healing of traumas is almost more important than developing the right policies. But it's work that urban planners don't want to talk about what's in people's heads and, and historic preservationists We stick to recording facts and making professional analyses. We're not going to, we don't want to talk about emotions and wounds and dreams. That's the stuff of psychology. But it it really impacts, I think, what's going to happen in the next 50 years in places like St. Louis.
1: This shift in vision is a challenge for practitioners of historic preservation as much as it is for residents. As we heard earlier, there really aren't policies in place for dealing with neighborhoods that have experienced this level of decline. The National Register of Historic Places, for example, bases its standards on a vision of how a neighborhood used to look, rather than what it is or what it might become.
0: The official process of getting something listed in the National Register is based on comparing what it looks like now to what it looked like then. So. It becomes extremely challenging to develop any kind of traditional cultural resources policies or practices in these neighborhoods because you can really only get listed as historic districts, areas where the concentrations are still dense enough sort of meet that expected psychological image.
1: Of course, these concerns are vitally important for the residents of Old North and similar neighborhoods, but they also apply on a much larger scale.
0: You know, if you you think about Old North and you think about, hey, there's this huge loss of the built environment, 65% of it's gone, and then you zoom up to the city level. Well, gosh, Old North is in the city of St. Louis, and there are 20 other neighborhoods that have lost huge amounts of buildings. So you're looking at a city that collectively has lost as much as half of its historic built stock. The problems that plague a place like Old North really are the problems everyone shares for the city as a whole and those are shared out by the region. It's, it's everyone's issue, and it's everyone's physical body to deal with, and how we position that is, is really crucial for the future.
1: The good news is that progress is already being made in these areas, in St. Louis and elsewhere. People across the country are fighting for their neighborhoods and cities to be revitalized. And once again, their success stems from fostering an emotional attachment to the urban landscape and to the built environment.
0: You know, we do see this sort of emergent young urban booster culture in the Rust Belt and other places, and it's totally rooted in reinventing these emotional attachments. You know, you might even say that the feelings people have for old vernacular houses in Old North, the sort of isolated micro-scale, that's not much different than people like the Saving Cities team out of Cleveland or Jeff and Randy Vines of STL Style here in St. Louis, taking individual cities that have been so damaged and championing them, saying these are great places to live, I'm proud to be from here, and all the young people in America need to come to St. Louis or come to Cleveland. You know, it's the same sort of uh, defiant but adjusted attitude. And so getting used again to like this liminal condition, seeing it as not something unusual anymore. There's empowerment that comes out of that. That's an American challenge.
1: Many thanks to Michael Allen for contributing to Hold That Thought. You can find a link to the Preservation Research Office, as well as more ideas to explore, on our website. We're at thought.artsci.wustl.edu. That's thought. Thank Hold That Thought is also on iTunes and Stitcher. So to hear the rest of our series on cities, please subscribe. Thanks for listening.